I wanted to share with photographers today a little insight Lady and I have had recently uh, about inquiries, because I know that in this current market and economy, I, um, there have been, uh, a, a, it's been more difficult to get consistent leads and to have those leads consistently follow up. Um, and so if photographers are struggling with that in the moment, and it doesn't apply simply to just our current uh, reality, this can apply to uh, any photographer in the future, um, just another approach to try. Welcome to Push the Limits, a podcast for wedding photographers who want to push the boundaries of what is possible in their business. Today, we're going to be talking about leads, inquiries, and uh, different methods of following up with those inquiries. Love it. Um, I wanted to tee that up with a little bit of a story and then uh, uh, just share kind of our experience and then some things photographers can do to apply this in their own business. Um, so to uh, start the story off, um, Lady and I, uh, we um, were expecting a pretty big booking season this past July. Um, so historically for us around uh, mid-summer, so usually that's around the month of July, we have a large influx of bookings and inquiries. Um, and what we noticed was towards the end of June and on into July and September, we had far fewer um, uh, follow-ups with the inquiries that we were getting. So we did have slightly less inquiries in the month of July than normal, uh, but those inquiries, even very qualified leads, were not following up with us. Um, and we thought that was peculiar. Very few of them did, and the few that did follow up with us um, said that there may be issues with pricing, like we were out of their budget. We expect some of that. Um, but what we found was that uh, some of the referrals that we were getting from venues that uh, we are well established with um, were not following up with us at all. So and uh, to make a long pause for a sec, by following up, you're meaning they inquired with you on your website or on Instagram, you reached out to them through email and then ghosted. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even uh, after we've sent, you know, one or two emails after that to say, hey, we're interested in meeting with you. Um, and we only did this through email. So that was uh, our bad on that part. So um, to, you know, make this long story short, we found towards the end of this year, we're uh, at the time of recording this in the month of uh, um, November now, I said, I was thinking December because of the snow, but um, we're in the month of November now. Uh, uh, we found that many of our emails were going to spam. Um, and we do expect that there is a small portion of our emails going to the spam, but what we were found out, finding out was that the vast majority of them, uh, very few are actually making their way into uh, individuals' inboxes. Um, and some of these leads uh, that we were getting and inquiries were very interested in booking with us. Uh, now that we've figured this out, fortunately, some of them are still available and have actually booked us now that we uh, got to the bottom of that and uh, were able to follow up with them appropriately. Um, but it was something that we have never had happen to this extent before. Um, so if you own a business, uh, and you send emails out, what can happen is that there will be a small percentage of those emails that people will not respond to. Sometimes they just swipe and send it to junk, even if they asked you for the email initially. And that's just, uh, kind of the world we live in. It's very easy to swipe an email and send it to junk. Um, it's a lot easier to do that than to actually sit down, reply to somebody and say, hey, I'm not interested or you're out of my budget. Um, and unfortunately, when that happens, that's a signal to uh, Google um, or um, whoever you're using as your email carrier, I should say for the vast majority of us, it's through Gmail, it's through our domain, domain and Gmail. 
um, that sends the signal out saying that your emails are um, maybe promotional and Google looks at your email. And if you don't have an unsubscribe and your address and some criteria they're looking for, they, they stick that into just the spam inbox because they feel that people are, aren't interested in your emails. Now, uh, what Lady and I do is we don't put our pricing on our website. So we do that intentionally. Uh, the reason why we do that is because we'd like to get a lot of uh, inquiries coming in since we know where those inquiries are coming from. Um, even if they can't afford us or, uh, or there's other factors at play, we still want them to uh, make that effort to inquire with us. So we know where to invest our time and energy in terms of our marketing. Um, so uh, we may be uh, more so than other people who put their prices on um, are, are more likely to get sent to, uh, to spam. And we also had an issue where our Google My Business account got hacked. Um, and so that probably didn't help either. Uh, so we may have had an issue with our domain that I'll still need to fix. Um, but it's something I want to share with photographers because we typically immediately jump to, oh no, I'm too expensive. Oh no, do I need to lower prices, right? Uh, because we're worried that maybe our images are not good enough or uh, something else is going on. And at least for me up until now, maybe uh, emails going to spam was not at the top of my things uh, of uh, things to do to you know figure out what's going on. So Lady and I spent a lot of time tweaking our emails. We tweaked our pricing. We changed our closing techniques. We tried all kinds of different stuff uh, in order to get people in the door and uh, interested in booking with us. And uh, unbeknownst to us, it was our spam this whole time, uh, our email going to spam. So um, I would like to link uh, uh, something in the uh, description here of this uh, episode where photographers can actually go in, plug in their emails and see if there is a chance that their emails are going to spam. Some of these uh, third-party uh, softwares will charge a fee in order to fix it. Um, and I'm not condoning any of those. I'm just giving you the option to take a look at your email and see if this might be the case. What Lady and I are currently doing is that we're following up via text message and we created another email outside of our domain, just a plain old Gmail email. Um, and we are following up with inquiries that way uh, for the time being, because ultimately a solution for me would be to contact Google and have them take this uh, um, uh, restriction off our email uh, because it's uh, something that would be a long-term fix. But from my experience, when you have to do something like that, it does take quite a bit of time and there's a lengthy process for that. So that's a uh, really helpful and something that I think 95% of us, I just threw out a random percentage would never even think like that would never have crossed my mind to be like, Oh, I wonder if all of my emails are going to spam or junk. Like that would, like, I would have been like you where, man, how am I going to reword this email? How else can I follow up? How else can I do all these other things? And I think there's also a fine line with that too, because I think for both of us where all, when we send an email after initial inquiry, I kind of have, we have, like three emails we'll send. So we'll send the initial one. We don't hear back like two or three days later, I'll send a second one. And if we don't hear back two or three days later, I'll send the third final one, right? And then after that, I'm like, okay, they probably aren't interested. Sometimes every once in a while, randomly, like a month later, someone might reach up like, oh yeah, sorry, I was really busy. I am interested. I'm like, okay, but that's super rare. Uh, most of the time, if they don't respond with the first email, it's always the second one that'll like, get them like, oh yeah, I just forgot to respond. So like going back to what you're saying, I never would even think that, right? Like that would not have been a thought. And so I think that's really, really helpful. 
One question I have for you, this is kind of off topic with that, but in the same lines of inquiries, you don't put your pricing on your website. You want to get more inquiries because you want to see where these inquiries are coming from. For you, where are most of your inquiries coming from? Specifically, let's take from this year's inquiries that you're receiving, where are you going to be focusing your efforts over the next six months in, in your marketing? Yeah, so where we've seen the most qualified leads come through are referrals from venues. So, um, and uh, below that would be planners that we have networked and connected with. And below that would be uh, Instagram. So um, we have nurtured our relationship with a couple of venues. And um, because of that, they put us on the preferred vendor list. Uh, and some of these venues, two of them, in fact, have their own uh, wedding planning service. Uh, so the referrals that come from them are highly qualified, right? The couple already has their planner, they already have their venue, and they're being uh, referred to us. Uh, so that is uh, where we are continuing to nurture those relationships. And then I think something a little bit more actionable for photographers would be to nurture their um, um, Instagram account. So you hear this all the time. Um, but what I find to be true is that Instagram is a great lead source for photographers, even as you scale up to higher price points. And if you feel like maybe you're in a new local market or you don't have some relationships with uh, planners or venues yet, Instagram is a great place to uh, continue to grow your account and uh, to broaden your reach. And the best way I think photographers can do that is by geotagging as much as they can in the areas that they want to be known for. Um, and even better if you can geotag like at the venue that you want to shoot more of. So um, if you maybe have a, uh, I wouldn't tag the venue if it's maybe like a detail shot and you didn't shoot it at the venue. Um, let's say it's a local venue. I wouldn't do that. But let's say you want to shoot more destination weddings and you want to go to another state. If you tag the city in the state that you want to shoot more of and you put a, a detail shot, I do think that's okay because that helps get you into that market. Um, and I don't think there's any uh, uh, morally ambiguous territory there. It just becomes a little uh, um, hard to uh, justify if it's a venue that's locally and you keep tagging there and then the couple comes to you and you're like, oh, I've never actually shot there before. So um, the intention, I feel like when you go to another city is that you plan on moving there, you plan on doing more work there in such a broad area um, that the likelihood that you'll shoot there in the future is hopefully uh, much greater than the one specific venue. So. Um, yeah one thing too i just want to bring up this is from our last episode you gave some really great ideas for any photographers that are listening and i'm going to include myself in this who is still trying to develop better relationships with venues and planners you gave a really good idea last episode as far as having if you're going to do a style shoot and do your own having it at a venue that you want to work at so one you can create content at that venue so you can say i've shot there to you can geotag that venue because it's actually at the venue and three like you're creating content where you want to be creating content so it's all kind of the same and that was just a really good idea that you brought up that i think is an actionable item for me and for a lot of new photographers that are like okay if that's where most of your leads are coming from from vendor referrals i need to develop relationships and if i don't know how to develop that relationship with this ven with this venue that is a really easy way to do it, I think, because it might cost you some money because you're paying to shoot there, potentially depending on the venue. But it in because it is more of a transactional first approach, 
a lot of times you can, it's, it's a little less awkward, right? Like, oh, I want to shoot at your venue. How much is it? Like, that's an easy question versus, oh, can I take you out to lunch and let's like get to know yeah. you and you can send me referrals. Like, so I, I really like that that you said. And so if you want to hear more about that, check out the last episode where Josh, you, you talked about how you did your style shoots at these venues that you wanted to, to shoot at. And I think that's a really great idea as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to circle back to something you brought up in uh, earlier in this episode. You talked about your no, your process for follow-ups. Um, so when you get that initial inquiry, I believe you said you follow up three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of photographers would probably have questions on like, what's a good protocol for that? And what's a good procedure? Because if you get into the business literature, they're very adamant about pushing like, you need to follow up five times and everybody has a specific number. And it's usually a lot more than what we typically do. Um, and so I took that to heart at one season of our business and I tried different follow-up email approaches with multiple emails. Um, I even tried the, uh, the magic email. If you guys aren't familiar with that, look that up, um, which didn't work for me. (laughs) It was not very magical. Uh, um, it sounds good. There's some psychology behind it and it would work if somebody was interested. The thing with weddings, I feel, is that if somebody's not following up with you, it's likely because they've inquired to a lot of other people um, and maybe their first you know, photographer got back to them um, or they are just getting prices because sometimes people are just not even interested in booking yet. They just want to collect price guides, investment guides. So um, at one point I tried you know, three or four follow-up emails with every inquiry that I came in. Um, through our email automation that was just flagged. They didn't answer. They opened the email. It sends another one. And they were all very polite, ending with a magic email at the very end. Um, and what I found was that it didn't matter because if they didn't answer the first time, they weren't going to answer the second or third or fourth time. Uh, very seldom did I have anybody respond. And I'm not saying what you're doing is incorrect, Tyler. I'm just sharing my experience with yeah. that. Um, so what I currently do now is that we send that initial email out um, and we have a pretty good sense of who's a qualified lead and who isn't. Um, now we've been wrong before, but in general, if it's a, um, for example, these venues that are referring us, if we have a, a couple that comes in, they've been referred for the venue they inquire, um, and we're really interested in that wedding, or it's just one that we're very, very excited about, we will follow up a second time, um, at least one more time. And our pro- policy before was just to send another email. Uh, what we're switching to doing now is uh, we're sending a text message, um, which I find is a little intrusive and I'm playing around with that a little bit because uh, if somebody's truly excited to hear back from you, uh, they appreciate the text message. But if they got your initial email and they're not interested, the text message is kind of invasive. Um, so we are experimenting with just a polite uh, text message because the open rate and response rate for text messages is far greater. And my biggest advice for those who want to start using text messages as a follow-up um, is to keep it very personal. Don't make it sound like a business. Make it sound like yeah. you're an individual who's texting another individual and that you're excited to hear from them. Um, so yes, you want to still clarify, keep it professional. Say, I'm so-and-so from you know such and such photography. You, know, you inquired with me about your wedding photography yesterday. I really want to get to know you and I would want to make sure that you got my email. And uh, what we've done has just been completely honest. We've just said, hey, our emails are going to spam and we want to make sure that you got our email because we really want to get to know you. Um, so that would be my biggest piece of advice for that. And to uh, not overtext someone because you can definitely uh, um, invade somebody's privacy if you're sending multiple text messages. So, Yeah, 
Um, we send texts as well on the first one, uh, almost always, not always, but almost always. But it's kind of like what you said. It's a lot more personal and we never follow up on text. So yeah. it's like ours is more our text. We'll usually record a video too, where it's like, hey, thank you so much for inquiring. Super glad you got it. I just sent you an email with like all the information and we'd love to set up a time to talk. Feel free to respond here or on the email, whatever's easiest can't wait to hear from you right and that's kind of what our text message or our video that we send via text is like and uh because I agree with you if you're you feel I feel less bad following up multiple times on email but if I'm like constantly texting them it's like hey uh, you didn't respond to my emails what's up like now it's a little annoying because I would be annoyed if that was happening so I I agree with you 100% there uh I think you said something that's that's really important and, and it was almost in passing, but if they're more excited about booking you, they're going to respond more likely, right? And so I think a big challenge for us, and I say us photographers, is getting people excited about like having you as their photographer. Like you're their number one, right? So when you, re- when you send that email, when you send that text, like they're excited, oh yeah. Tyler Knox got back to us. Uh, Josh and Lady got back to us. Like, oh, this is great, right? And, and I think that's a whole separate challenge that we can talk about a different day. Well, but I will, oh, oh, yeah. I I'll jump oh. in on that. I, yeah. And I think that it's great to have somebody be excited to inquire with you. But at the end of the day, you can't control other people. And so I yeah. think the only thing you can control is yourself in that situation. And people will resonate with your own excitement. So maybe they're not that excited yet. Um, because there have been plenty of services that I've inquired about and I'm just, you know, I'm, I might need a service. Uh, I'm maybe not excited about it, but I'm just, uh, you know, curious to know what they offer. Um, and when I get to see how excited they are to work with me and if they feel like they have a really great solution, uh, that, you know, excitement is contagious, right? And yeah. you can get them excited and you're doing something great with the um, videos. I think that's fantastic. I think a lot of photographers would aspire to do that. Um, now I want to ask you, do you just sit and record that video as soon as you get the inquiry? Uh, no, Okay. <laughs> sometimes I, we used to, and it's kind of shifted a little bit. So it used to be, and we actually had a conversation about this in the mastermind one time and early on when we started doing it, it was like, we got the inquiry. We're going to make our video. I might be sweaty working out. We might be doing anything. I'm going to make the video because it's real. It's authentic. That's who we are. As we've been trying to elevate our brand now when we make the video we make sure that we look like they would expect professional photographers to look like when we make that first video so it might be the next day whenever we send the the email right so if i get an email late at night i'm not going to respond to that email late at night i'm going to respond the next day and so the next day when i'm dressed and ready that's when i'll make the video and send it uh and so I'll make sure that there's a little bit more level of like professional lookingness now. And that might be what I'm wearing right now, right? But I'm not gonna be in my sweats, right? I'm I'm gonna be wearing something that that if we were to meet for for lunch and this is our first time ever meeting, that I would give a good first impression wearing. I don't know. Yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? Yes, it does. 
It absolutely does. And I, I only ask because I thought a lot about doing something similar and I have mixed feelings about it because um, what I've been considering doing is doing like a pre-recorded loom video and then just sending that, embedding that into like a Flowdesk email. So when that sends out, when somebody inquires, they have this very polished email with an embedded loom video that says like, hey, I'm so excited to see you um, or meet you, not see you. Uh, I'm so excited for you to inquire with us. Um, but the thing that I feel about that is that one, you can't, you can't necessarily personalize that and you can't yeah. make it sound like you're personalizing it because people see through that, right? They know that it's not you actually on the other side of the camera recording that, especially when they record it or inquire at like two in the morning and you're just, yeah. you know, all dressed up. Hi, thank you so much. Right. Um, and whatever you say in that is, is going to, you want to sound excited, but I also want to maintain authenticity. So if you say, hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited that you acquired. My first thought is somebody who's doing that is like, how do you know? Like you haven't, you're just a recording. You haven't even met me yet. Right. Uh, so you lose a little bit of that authenticity in the, in the pre-recording and, but where it can really benefit you is that people get to see you as a person um, and you will stand out from other people that they're inquiring with. Uh, so something to think about. And the question I always ask myself before I do anything like that, because sometimes I get these like great idea. I ask myself like on the reverse side of things, would that actually even matter to me? Would I even necessarily be impressed with that? Would I say like, oh, wow, they got a video or would I just say, oh, but you know, that was just, it was a thing that they had in there, but it didn't necessarily matter. Yeah. And I think if I was getting, if we were getting like hundreds of inquiries, it might make more sense, like automate it a little bit with something like that. Yeah. But I think at first when we were making the videos, we would reshoot it like three times. Oh, that was awkward. Right. Let's redo it. And now it's kind of gotten to the point where it's like, it's okay if it's not quite perfect. So we always make sure that we mention their name. We always will mention their date and their venue as well in the yeah, video. That's important. So, so it's like, they know it's for them. They know this is not a pre-recorded thing. So, hey, Josh, super excited. Love that you inquired with us. We, I'm sending you an email later today. Great news. We have November 12th available. Uh, super excited about your venue. Beautiful, beautiful place. So just look for that email from us. Feel free to respond there or here, whatever's easiest. Talk to you soon. Like that's kind of what it is now, right? And so now like, and, and for us, it works because I think for us, if we can get in front of them, our conversion rate is like 90%, right? Like if we have 10 consultations that we will meet with them, either Zoom or in person, we're going to book nine of those. It's getting those. It's second up, Hang on, Tyler. As your mentor, we've talked about this. What does yeah. that mean about your prices? They're probably a little too low, maybe. Yeah, that you should probably raise them then. <laughs> but like... But it's but we every person that inquires isn't getting on the, the call with us. Uh, right? So like it's getting them to like that face to face with us. If we can get yeah. to that point, right? I'm pretty confident we're gonna book them. Yeah. It's gone down a little bit. I should say it's not nine out of ten because we did raise our prices. We got uh in the last three inquiries of the last three, it was one in the three that we were able to like talk with but then i take that back because one was only a phone call we weren't okay. able to actually, like zoom so one of two we booked with us so half half of the three but well, half of the two but um getting them to like have the zoom call that's the whole other 
situation. Yeah. Like that's that's where the weed out process is. So I'm not, I'm not every ten people that inquire with us. We're not booking nine of the ten that inquire. It's if we have ten Zoom calls, they've already seen our pricing. They've already yeah. seen all of those other aspects. It's like right. they know how much it is. So yeah, I should caveat that. That would be great. Ten yeah. people inquire. We booked nine of them. That would be that would be really. That's pretty yeah. great uh, conversion ratio. I mean, like, <laughs> like the next next podcast episode is Tyler's method of booking. No, yeah, but like, I think for us, and that's the thing that I'm excited with as far as the the reason I asked my question with where most of your inquiries are coming from, is because that's I think for most of us as photographers is getting more inquiries, right? Yeah, and that's the challenge. And so, what can we do to get more inquiries? Because of all the inquiries that come in, right, maybe we're booking 40%, right, or 30%, or whatever it is, maybe it's 50. Um, but we need to get, you need to get more, right? So if you're only booking 30% of inquiries, and you want to book 20 weddings, that means you need 60 inquiries, right? And yeah. so uh, how am I get how, how are, am I going to get 60 unique couples to, to reach out to me? If your conversion rates higher than that, then then you can you can get a little bit less, but well, you were gonna say something. Yeah, I was just gonna say I do want to clarify with the Instagram thing. The inquiries are coming onto our website. They're not inquiring with us on Instagram because admittedly, Lady and I could spend a little bit more time on our Instagram than we do. We're just you know not the biggest social media, um, and, we're, and it's something we aspire to be better at. We aspire to spend more time and energy in the in the um, social media because I do believe. There's a, um, for small businesses, a lot of utility for that, even photographers, um, but there should be healthy balance. And all that to say is that we post regularly and we're, we're, you know, tagging the locations that we want to be known for and where we want to work at. Um, and then that's typically how couples find us. They're like, Hey, I went to like X venue and I saw that your photos came up or it's on the venues feed. Uh, so we, uh, inquired with you, um, because of that. And, um, and it's not just those venues too. It's all over, um, for us, the state of Michigan, we get inquiries from places we've never shot at or for places we've never shot at because of, you know, friends that we've tagged or they've stumbled on our photos somehow. And if you are, uh, somebody who is unsure of how people are finding you, even if you, let's say have a referral source and it's kind of all over the place. Um, if you've already booked that couple, uh, definitely ask them, you know, and they might not remember. Uh, and the thing that I would encourage you to do is just be, be a little nosy and say, I kind of need to be specific because they might just say like, ah, I found you online and online, like, what does that mean to you? A small business. And to that might actually mean they just Googled you. Uh, and they, and then ask them, do you remember what you Googled? How did you find me? And they'll probably say something like, oh, I, you know, looked up like whatever the keyword is. And I went through 50 websites and your website stuck out to me. Um, and I think even that is good advice because now you know that they're coming to you from Google somebody is Googling something. So now it's worth your time and energy to invest in SEO. Um, but depending on where you live in the world, in the United States, uh, uh, anywhere, um, your local market is going to uh, be a little different. So where Instagram could be really good for maybe, let's say me in my local market, it might not be as good for Tyler, maybe SEO is. Um, and yeah. I do want to share that as um, you scale up in your business, I find that a lot of the really well-known photographers, um, if I would list off a couple names, I'm sure you guys would uh, uh, all agree that you know who they are and admire them and their work. They, uh, a lot of the times get inquiries still from Instagram. It's a great source for them. Um, and I'll say one final note on the, on the getting leads where I find one of the 
least beneficial place for us to get um, uh, leads are through listing sites and through uh, um, like publications and uh, their maybe uh, listings. So they have typically some pretty attractive offers and there are really great places. I think you should try and experiment a little bit. Um, so don't see like, oh, Josh never said I should go with a publication. That's not true. You should, you know, get a couple of publications. I think it's a good goal to have, um, but I would not invest a good portion of your marketing budget there uh, because they tend not to be the best sources for referrals, at least the kind of weddings you're hoping to get. Yeah, um, we were on the knot for like a year, right? And that was a whole other process, like cancel it, right? Like to like get yeah. that canceled is a whole other thing. But I agree with you. I think early on, that's actually a pretty beneficial thing just because you're getting inquiries. But almost all the inquiries on the knot, like that when we were on it was the automated message, right? Where they can just like click, like send an inquiry and they can like do it on like a hundred people at once. So it's they're like going through and like clicking everyone. And so then you just get the basic message. And I think we only booked one wedding at the time from it. And like that paid for the not subscription for the year, but it the amount of like effort to keep that is just one other thing to keep it open, right? One other thing to like keep running. It just wasn't as beneficial for us. Whereas for us, one thing that we found a lot of success in where we're at is wedding shows right again because we can get in front of them it's like our yeah. personalities can come out and like shine a little bit more so that's one thing for this year that we've like decided okay we're going to invest a little bit more in doing more wedding shows at destinations that we want to shoot at which is yeah. something that's, that's unique and new for us and so I, I agree with what you're saying that it's Sometimes it's awkward and hard to be like, where did you find us? How did you hear about us? Why did you want to go with us? Right. And sometimes it can be an awkward thing to ask, but I think just asking that and being receptive to the data you're getting back can help a ton. So I agree with that 100%. The earlier you ask, the better, because if you ask a past client from a year ago, they're probably like, man, I have no idea. That was a long time ago. And I had a lot of vendors. So yeah, the sooner you can ask that, the better. Um, and, uh, I think it's even okay to ask somebody during a consultation, if you felt like you were comfortable with it and it came up naturally, you could just say, Hey, I'm just curious, how did you find me? Um, and, uh, most people are more than willing to share that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, I feel like you gave us a lot of gems here, uh, where if you're getting ghosted or if you're not hearing back, maybe the simplest reason it's going to spam is the reason why right that it is but i do think that just taking a, a a broader step back and looking at where your inquiries are coming from how you're treating each inquiry that was one thing as well that as you're just i i love that you reflected and started thinking about why are they not reaching back out and it shows that every inquiry matters to you guys right like it's it's not just another number like these are people these are weddings and i think by treating every inquiry like they're your dream couple i think allows you and that authenticity to to come out and so thanks for i yeah thanks for sharing all that that kind of got me thinking about how i'm treating how i'm treating my inquiries 
Yeah. And thank you for sharing your uh, um, insight on the videos too. I think that's a great missed opportunity for a lot of wedding photographers uh, to get in front of people, as you said. Um, sometimes that's all it takes in order to stand out from other, uh, uh, other people that they're inquiring to. It's just that little extra effort goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until next time then, thanks, Josh. Appreciate uh, your time as always. Yeah. Thanks, and Tyler. We'll see everyone later. Yeah. See you next time.